Welcome back to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. I'm Meredith. We're here with Alex, and today we're super excited to have uh, Lindsay Martin on. So if you're a Tactic client or follow us along, you probably know of Lindsay. She's our newest team member, um, our newest coach, and we like her a lot. We know her pretty well, but we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to hear a little bit about her and who she is, what her background is, um, what her favorite ice cream flavor is, whatever we decide to talk <laughs> about. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so I guess we'll start out by just, uh, we always like to, we get asked a lot and we like this question, but it's simply like, how did you get involved in fitness and nutrition? Like, what is your story? Um, I would say like fitness wise, I kind of started uh, just playing every sport in high school. Like I wanted to do well in school because I wanted to have good enough grades to get to play sports. So I just always really loved those. Um, <clears throat> and then going into university, I ran track while I was there and then kind of uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do as far as uh, actual like school and a degree went. So changed my degree a couple times um, and just really followed like what courses I was interested in. Um, and it was predominantly nutrition, uh, genetics, like science-based stuff that I ended up following. Um, and then just kind of ended up injured a lot throughout university um, with running. So like stress fractures and shin splints and stuff like that. And then uh, so found bodybuilding that way. Uh, tried bodybuilding for a few years at the kind of end of university. Um, and it was like, it was good. Like it was competitive, but there was definitely something missing. Um, and so I had a colleague that was really into CrossFit and he had been telling me that like I needed to try it. He, th he thought I would be good at it. So uh, after a year in Australia, I came back and decided to try it and I was hooked and I've been doing it now for four years, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. So what was your, um, what were your events in track? Uh, mid distance. So I did 800, uh, 1500 and 3000. What was your, like your least favorite Event. Oh, the 800. 800 <laughs> Nobody right? likes the 800. <laughs> it's awful. Because it's all out. It feels like you're running an all-out 400, and then you just have to do another one. Another lap. one, yeah. It's yeah. terrible. It's a horrible it's distance. not my favorite. It's like a 1,000-meter row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely equivalent. So, um, and you were in the East for university. Where did you go to yeah. school? Yeah, I went to the University of Guelph. Um, so that's where I did. I did four years there, and then I got into law school in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, but decided not to go. So then I came back um, to the University of Calgary and I finished a minor in molecular biology and genetics there. And then I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with school for now. Yeah. Um, and then ended up personal training for a bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah. No, that's cool. Um, Alex is familiar with the law school path and how that can go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just found out the other day that Lindsay was in law was going to go to law school and then backed out and I was like man good choice it's <laughs> <laughs> like the feedback I get from people who like almost everyone like people who are lawyers they're like that was a good choice yeah so it's mostly happy with it it's interesting like we've talked to some people and we talked to some people today about kind of our career paths and like how we ended up here and one of them mentioned like oh it's um like a sacrifice to sacrifice a career in law to like do something that you that you like more like do you feel like it's a sacrifice 
No, I don't think so. I think there's definitely been points in my life where I was like, I should have just gone to law school. Like, it would be so much easier. Like, because there's, it's not such a defined career path doing this. Like, law school, at least it's like laid out in front of you. Like, you do this, then you do this, then you do this kind of thing, I, f- I feel like. Um, versus this, yeah, isn't like a, such a, a defined path. Um, but I wouldn't call it a sacrifice because I think it's like what I'm like passionate about doing and that's always what I've been like what I've wanted to follow is that I I don't want to sacrifice not that I won't do things that I don't like but I don't want to like sacrifice what I'm passionate about for money or like having a more clear path so I, I wouldn't call it a sacrifice would you guys do you guys think it is no, that was kind of our holdup with the way that was presented today was yeah. like, yeah, it's easy to see that as a sacrifice, like walking away from a very like well-defined lucrative career. Like I did that yeah. and you did that. Um, I think it would be more of a sacrifice the other way around. Yeah. Like for someone whose identity is like so founded on health and fitness, like you just like it, to decide to take a career where you're asked maybe not explicitly, but kind of expected to give that up, yeah. that's a sacrifice, yeah, I think. You think. I don't really like the word sacrifice. It's like, I think everything in your life is kind of a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets thrown around like, in CrossFit you a could, lot. You could use the word sacrifice to say, like, I sacrifice stability for something I'm passionate about, but then if you stuck with law, you would be sacrificing, like, a different kind of lifestyle, like the lifestyle that we're living now, which is a little bit more flexible and... Um, allows us to go to bed at a reasonable hour <laughs> yeah. so sometimes but i think it all it all comes down to a choice yeah and it's the same with like with training i mean you train a lot so you know mm-hmm. like does training ever feel like like you're sacrificing in other areas i mean like occasionally but i i enjoy it so much and i've like committed to the process and yeah i just i love it so it's like again like i don't like the word sacrifice when i talk about it um, have I like missed certain things because of training or because of competing? Yeah. But like, I think like Alex said, it's a choice and it's a choice that I'm like happy with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, there's always a flip side, right? Yeah. There's like, you could say, oh, well you sacrifice your social life or you miss out on social activities. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, maybe those people who are very social and out or not all night are missing out on opportunities to like do something fun the next morning, like go on a hike or do a workout. So yeah, decisions and choices. I think that's kind of the better angle to take. Um, so with you personally and like you're like, I think as like as females, we kind of all have our own struggles with food. Has your, um, relationship with food or nutrition, like for yourself changed over the years? And if so, like, how and when did that start to take place? And, like, your body image, too. Because I know with, like, bodybuilding, sometimes you get some, like, body image issues can start. Or people who, I guess it's kind of like chicken and the egg. Because you hear stories of people who start bodybuilding and then they get body image issues. Or people um, who end up in bodybuilding are the ones who kind of have, you know more tendencies to be like body image conscious mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah i would say i was more i think i was more like the first one like you said like with females i think you're always kind of 
the majority of us are always kind of like aware of it, but I don't remember, especially through high school, I don't really, I was like super skinny, so I don't remember having too much like as far as like body image issues go. Um, so the first time I experienced it was for sure after and kind of like during the first bodybuilding prep, it was like you see yourself get to this point where you're like, you're super small. And at that time I didn't have a ton of muscle. I went from running track. So having barely anything to having a little bit for my first bodybuilding show. So you see yourself get like really tiny. And even though everyone's telling you, you can't maintain it, there's still this like hope in your mind that you can like, you like the way you look now and you want to stay that way. Um, and it's just not maintainable. You just can't. And I think, um, for me specifically, I didn't have a ton of guidance from my coach especially in the first one or really after the second one either as far as like what to do once you get there like you get to that point you step on stage and then they're like good job okay bye like you can you can eat more food now and like you've been starving for however long so you you want to eat and you do eat and then this like the goal isn't there anymore of like stepping on stage so you you're, you're you're like fighting with yourself because you're starving the motivation isn't there as much because there's no like clear goal and then no one's supporting you so all of that together led to I think the first time I gained back and like girls will like gain back like 80 pounds so like mine was not that like um intense so I think I gained back like 20 pounds the first time um, like what time what time frame was that uh, this was a while ago but I would say it was probably in like three months like it was pretty it was still pretty quick and I was definitely like it's just like happening and it seems it feels like you're trying and like you're eating you're trying to eat a little bit more but also try to enjoy yourself and it's just not working and you're just gaining and gaining and gaining and it's even like exacerbate, exacerbated in your mind because it looks even worse in your mind than it does to everyone else um, so that's when I really started to like struggle with it. And I was so like, if it affected everything, you know, like relationships and everything, like, you're just like, I don't like the way I look. So how could you like the way I look? And like, he doesn't even notice kind of thing. And so like it affected that. And then my only like solution in my mind at the time was to, well, try another bodybuilding show with a different coach. Um, and somehow that'll make it better. You'll do another show and then you'll you'll reverse diet because then at this point when I did the second one like I'd learned about reverse dieting and stuff online so I was like okay I want to do it again and then I want to do this properly and it'll work out okay um so I did another one um and it was like better it was more flexible um but that was definitely like the if it fits your macros trend was very high at that time so <laughs> if I look back into like some of the things that I ate to get stage lean at that time it was like a lot of protein powder a lot of like fitting in like 15 grams of cereal when I could have had like 100 grams of vegetables yeah. or something like that you know <laughs> so um yeah I did it but I didn't do it in like the first time was very restrictive like just green beans and fish for everything and then the next time was like too yeah if it fits your macros not enough food quality kind yeah. of thing anyway so like body image I did diet down and then I don't know I think I was just like so stressed um from that whole experience and everything that I booked a flight to Australia like two weeks after that show ended and I was like it'll be fine I still will like be able to log I'll like be able to reverse diet um 
and obviously couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was very difficult. Um, I maybe could do it now. Like, I would be able to up, to, like, keep up my intake now if I travel, and I am able to. But at that time, it was just like very difficult to reverse diet while traveling. So, didn't work. I think I gained <laughs> back <laughs> thirty pounds that time. Yeah. Um, and then again, just like through traveling and stuff, like was much heavier than I wanted to be it affected my my confidence and like even just like my willingness to like go out and meet people when you're traveling and stuff like that so um I think it affected my experience in Australia which like it still was very fun but I just yeah definitely didn't didn't like myself and then didn't like how I looked and then when I got back started CrossFit I had that like same mentality. Well, I want to, I still, I want to look like the girls that do CrossFit. So they're ripped. Like the only way to do that is to eat. I tried to do train five days a week and eat 180 grams of carbs, I think. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, which like, actually I just talked to my client the other day and she was doing CrossFit on 83 grams of carbs. Like just, I was like, how? How did you do that? How do you even get out of bed? Yeah. Grams no, of carbs? exactly. So wow. 180, I was, just crying through all of my workouts. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so it took like um, someone saying to me like, well, why don't you just try eating more? Because <laughs> I was just like miserable all the time. And so yeah, I think I had to start, I just had to like stop wanting to do CrossFit to look like the girls that do CrossFit and wanting to do it to perform in it and like try to just not think about how I look. And that was seem to be like the key like I would say my body image now is much better like I think all females have anybody all like all people have days where they don't like where they what they look like usually when I'm like shopping for a dress to go to a wedding or something (laughs) is when I'm like you're like why do I look like a football player (laughs) yeah why do I look like a linebacker (laughs) so um but yeah overall it's just not something like it used to consume me you know like it was all I thought about and now it's like (laughs) like I don't yeah I don't think about it so So what would be your advice to somebody who like just straight up is struggling with body image like based on your experience like I know that's a kind of general question but what would just be some like general advice like if your client said like I don't like the way I look or like and you know they're as long as they're healthy like what would you say not that that really matters but Mm -hmm. yeah I would say like again like generally I would say try to find something that I guess almost distracts you from just your body image like find value in yourself outside of the way that you look um and I think that will follow. Like the body composition that you want will follow if you're like not so focused on it. Um, and it takes time. I think that's like the main thing that I try to get across to people is that like it wasn't like, oh, I decided to focus on performance and a month later I looked how I wanted to look. It yeah. was just like committing to it and not not keeping it as like the main focus and I think that's what I would try to um, encourage other people to do yeah that's kind of the neat thing about CrossFit I think as opposed to like just globo gym training or bodybuilding training is like there's other things that you can accomplish mm-hmm. like in the gym you can have a really good work you can wake up one morning not really like the way you look and then go like crush a workout later in the day and it changes your whole 
perception of yourself. Totally. So I think one, that's good. Like one thing I like about CrossFit compared to just global gym stuff, so Meredith and I will often say to each other, like, man, like I would like you would actually if you were training for aesthetics, you're better off doing global gym. Mm-hmm. Like low intensity cardio and weights and like mm-hmm. isolated movements like bicep curls and like I mean you know like you did for bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I'm like I don't really do CrossFit to look this way or to look a certain way. It's just like the way I look, but I wouldn't give up. And I don't think other people would too give up the, how much fun CrossFit is and the accomplishment you feel in workouts because it's so, you know, you're competing and you're competing against yourself and you're pushing yourself in so many different ways in order to look just a little bit better, to look leaner, to get, to trade that off for like a completely different workout regimen. Yeah, like that's the the thing is like if you if you can take a person and detach their like emotions and like say, okay, I need you to show up every single day and do a CrossFit workout or I need you to show up at the Globo gym and do this bodybuilding program, like they're going to look better on the bodybuilding program. But mm-hmm. the problem is like you can't get most people to to buy into a program like that for the amount of time it takes to like get results. And mm-hmm. so like just do CrossFit because you're going to have way more fun and it's going to work almost as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the people that are successful long-term in bodybuilding still have a different approach to it. Like I still follow a couple girls on Instagram. Like I unfollowed a lot of them, but the one that ones that I kept are the ones that are able to look at their bodies so objectively. And it's like, it really is just like an art to them. They're like, Hey, I need to bring up this body part here and bring down this one here or whatever they yeah. need to do. And, and it, they're not so attached to just like, I just want to look really fit or whatever. And they don't tie their like personal worth to totally. the way that they look. Yeah. 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 I think that, um, and I've worked with like a handful of bodybuilders and you kind of see like patterns of behavior when you work with clients. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to get, um, even ex bodybuilders, even people who like maybe used to do it and they've been doing CrossFit or whatever for mm-hmm. a couple of years like it's still really easy to get stuck in that mentality of like, well, I don't look like I used to when I used to do bodybuilding mm-hmm. or like they, like I'll get check-in photos of like, and they're in bodybuilding pose. Like don't, yeah. do that. <laughs> don't do you that. don't have to pose for your check-in photos. Like, <laughs> but it's impressive that you can do that. Yeah. Um, it's a, like, it's a process I think. Um, and it's like, there's a, a better way to live your life and a better way to train. And, and there's just more important things than yeah. how you look. Exactly. Yeah. I find it difficult when I get clients who don't do, like, they just exercise, so even, like, spin, or at home, like, just, like, workout videos or whatever, or just going to the global gym, it's harder, there's not as much data that we can use to see if nutrition is paying off, so if they don't see it in photos or how their clothes necessarily fit, they don't have anything to go off of, like, I can't be like, well, like, have you had any PRs lately, like, are you stronger, um, how many double unders are you stringing together now? Like just like other things that kind of like nutrition's impacting, but you can't measurement measure them. Them. It's like, well, how did you feel and spin? Like you don't know if you're, you know, spinning at higher watts. You don't know if you're getting stronger or anything like that. Mm-hmm. CrossFit's like a really good gauge and a good way to kind of take some of the focus off of your physical, um, the way that you look, and then. 
I just, I lost. Did you lost? Yeah, like, I saw that happening. So I was like looking at you and I was like, oh no, she's, did you see she's it? Losing it. She's losing it. She's lost it. I feel like I'm under a lot of pressure. Yeah, like you guys just are both staring. just looking. And I'm like hunched over this microphone, like can't even look at you, back at you guys. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I think like where you're going with that is when you're doing non- like training that's not measurable and repeatable, like spin, there's nothing wrong with spin class. Yeah. But again, like you're not like every workout's different. You have different instructors. There's nothing that's really measurable or repeatable about it. Um, it's very low skill. So like, you know, what are you going to, did you get some new spin shoes? Like, what do you ask somebody about (laughs) spin class? Like if they're very objective, they can be like, yeah, my energy felt great. So like, all they're looking at to see if the nutrition program is working is what they look like in the mirror or what their body weight, what they, their body weight says on the scale. Yeah. Which we all know aren't the most important things. Like, yeah, some, they are important to some people and that's totally fine. But like that stuff doesn't happen as quickly as maybe some performance gains. Mm-hmm. And I just find I've had this happen with a few clients now that I've been doing this for a little while and it's like, they get to where they wanted to be. They they hit their initial goal weight or body fat percent or whatever it is, and then they want more. They want to be smaller. They want to like, and and they don't see it. Like they look like they how they wanted to look at the, at the beginning of this like journey, and they they can't see themselves that way. And so for them, they still aren't satisfied. And then for me as a coach, it's like. You can't even be like, I don't know. It's a weird feeling like you're, they're, they're still not happy. So you gave them what they wanted and they're, and they're still not happy. So it doesn't, you don't feel like you accomplished anything or helped them accomplish anything either. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's a weird place to be in as a coach. Yeah. That's kind of like, that's the whole, the whole issue with like people who are very hung up on those external goals is it's like, what do you, like, what do you do when you get there? If you haven't made the like the process of getting to the goal, like if you haven't made the process the goal, then like you just keep going? Do you mm-hmm. reverse? Like it but becomes it's really they, difficult. Like if they have a goal weight of 130 and they're starting at 150, just for an example, and they get to 130, but they haven't done anything else. Like they haven't established new habits. They haven't, like maybe they're on a meal plan or something, which we don't do, but say like in another scenario they're on a meal plan they haven't established new habits they haven't like learned anything about themselves or their eating habits or changed anything in their lifestyle or like accomplished things in the gym they get to 130 and it's like and it what just, did it, i accomplish like it's yeah, a number yeah. on the scale like that's it yeah like they don't feel different about themselves like maybe they thought that they would feel better they would be more confident they would be a better person but it's like what happens is like nothing changes yeah yeah and then it's like okay well maybe i need to be 120 Maybe I'll feel better when I'm 120. Yeah. And it's like, well, now you're a disappearing person. Like, yeah. you're not going to feel better. You're just going to be really tired. Yeah. Kind of skinny. <laughs> yeah, kind of skinny. <laughs> there was, um, like, I'm kind of, like, I'm tinkering with different ways of coaching because, like, we've been doing, been doing macros for ages now. And so I got, this is interesting because I got, like, a client who is an ex-bodybuilder but, like, currently doing some CrossFit and, like, personalized programming and stuff. And she's one of those people, like, I wanted to take her focus away from the numbers because bodybuilders just tend to be very singularly focused on numbers. Mm-hmm. And so for like probably like two months, she didn't even have targets on anything like macros, calories. I was like, literally just eat, like send me pictures of your food, like eat normal on a normal schedule. Make sure your plate looks like this. 
And then like we did two months of that focused on like, I think sleep was the big one. So we got her from like six hours to eight hours of sleep and then like gave her a calorie target. And she's like, oh, by the way, that weight goal that I gave you when we started three months ago, I hit that like two weeks ago. And now I want to focus on performance because I feel great. And I was like, you're my favorite client. (laughs) You're my new favorite person. So I think like for like for me anyways, like I've kind of shifted to focusing on like non-nutrition things or like just different. Is there like, is there something that you like to focus on that isn't directly related to nutrition that you think is really valuable for people? Yeah, I think the, the, like my favorite thing that I hear from clients is never about their weight. It's like when they're like, I feel like my relationship with food is better. Like that's my favorite one to get, I think, or like, I'm just not as concerned about about how I look or like I'm not as concerned um, about the numbers specifically or something. Um, that's when I feel like I've I've made their lives better versus like you got to that weight mm-hmm. and like again, yeah, like they're still not happy. It's like I don't know if I helped you or not. <laughs> like I think Did I'm, I make your life worse? Yeah, <laughs> did I make you worse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that, and then obviously, um, just feeling better in the gym. Like I love hearing about like PRs and stuff that just nutrition affects, but it's not directly about how they look or their nutrition or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love hearing that they felt better. They felt, uh, lighter on the bar or the rings or had had more energy or something like that. Yeah. Cool. Is there like, um, like we both have our like kind of clients that we gravitate towards that we like working with. Do you have like a like a favorite type of client? Um I feel like I guess my uh yeah, careful. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what if they're all forty year old men yeah. who <laughs> I think I do gravitate a little bit towards the um the people who want to lose weight um and perform i think i probably gravitate towards those ones um just because i can relate to them i guess Mm -hmm. um from like my beginning beginnings of crossfit i guess so i'd like i just want to help people i guess who have maybe not such a good relationship with food or with uh their bodies or whatever and like help them to focus on on something else and help them just get to where they they want to be and then hopefully again improve their their relationship with food there's kind of a theme going on <laughs> yeah but uh, um yeah i would say that yeah we get kind of we get on themes i get stuck on like like coaching specific things i get like really hung up on like i'm gonna make this recommendation for as many people as i can yeah. So like, I don't know, you probably do that too. Yeah, like I read something, I'm like, this is so good. Yeah. And then it's like the next check-in day, I'm telling all of my clients to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it can be little stuff like, hey, buddy, are you chewing your food? Yeah. And they're probably like, what? You're like, yeah, you know, like gut health starts in the mouth. <laughs> they're like, uh. They're like, all right, thanks, coach. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like kind of secretly think my clients think I'm all super weird. Yeah. So. I don't know. I hope they appreciate it. It's cool. How have you, um, like, how have you changed as a, not just a nutrition coach, but like you do other, you coach other things. You do Mm -hmm. PT and like group classes and stuff. Like has your, um, 
approach to coaching in general changed over the past couple of years? Uh, yeah, I would say it's just been very influenced by whatever I'm doing at the time. So because I, I just love CrossFit so much and I always have the conversation with my clients on whether they're interested in it. Like I don't want to force them to learn how to snatch or something if they don't want to. Um, <clears throat> but like that being said, I just have seen and I know the uh, the efficacy of CrossFit as a methodology and I just um, it just definitely influences my programming more now, but I'm not so attached to it that if someone doesn't want to do it or if they have, uh, like we talked about, like certain body composition goals, it might not be the most appropriate thing for them. Um, but I would say like the influence of, of having bodybuilding, doing like a having a straight bodybuilding coach and then having a bodybuilding coach that was actually a powerlifting coach and then, um, and then going into, oh, and then uh, working for a hockey strength and conditioning gym and like learning about like Cal Dietz's stuff and like things like that. Um, I would say it's all kind of like all of my experiences have shaped what my coaching style is like. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just, I was curious because like, um, yeah, coming from a bodybuilding background, like that's probably where you started with people and now yeah. we are into more of the mixed modality kind of functional fitness type thing yeah that's good i have a i have a few questions <laughs> um on a kind of unrelated note but still related would you say that like you you look you look 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 very fit and you obviously like track your food and stuff um would you say you get more from people like you eat you have a crazy like in like a diet that's very healthy like they assume you have a diet that's very healthy or do you think that people look at you because I heard this the other day like that you're just the type of person who can eat whatever they want and still look a certain way mm -hmm. what would you say like if somebody says like oh you got to eat whatever you want and you still have a six-pack or you hear people say like oh you you only eat like chicken and rice and broccoli like where do you fall on the spectrum and like what do you think about people's views on those sort of assumptions I think um I'm not sure what people assume about me. Um, and I think, obviously I don't, well, I don't know. I enjoy eating the way that I eat. So I do somewhat eat whatever I, I want, but it's because I've like over the years come to want to eat this kind of food because I know how it makes me feel. Um, as far as people who think that I can just, or that like, people who look fit can just eat whatever they want um, and look a certain way. I, d I don't know. I think it's just not true because I've been, I've been in the place where like, and like I wasn't obese by any means or, or anything like that. Like I don't have that kind of story, but I was definitely not where I wanted to be and I didn't look very fit. Um, and so I think that's just like evidence that I can't just eat whatever I want and, and look this way. Um, and then for people who assume that I just eat, ch that I would just eat like chicken and rice or whatever, again, like I've done that and <laughs> I looked a certain way and now I don't do that. Um, and I would say that I look better now than I did in the, in my first bodybuilding experience. So, um, yeah, I would just invite them to look at my, 
my food blogs, I guess. It's published on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my fitness pal. Following my fitness pal <laughs> yeah. account. Yeah, I think um, there's a, there is assumption I when you... I'm not going to say it's like common, but mm-hmm. it's out there that when you see someone who's a high-level athlete and looks a certain way, like, you know, well, they're just, they're genetically gifted mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they're just lucky. Yeah. And like, they're like, sure, there are certainly people out there who are that way, um, more probably like males than females, like yeah. females who look a certain way, like we're just not in a, like hormonally advantageous position for muscle in general. So I think whenever you see a, like, you know, a female who's got a certain physique, like you can assume that their diet is kind of a certain way. And like, that doesn't mean, like you said, like it's chicken and broccoli and rice. Um, but you can probably assume that it's like meats, it checks some boxes. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to think otherwise or to like put that out there kind of discredits people and like, and it's not, again, it's not a sacrifice. Like, and I don't think you, like, you, that's what you said. You don't feel like it's a sacrifice. It's just the way you like to eat because it allows you to do what you like to do. And like Alex said, the same thing. And it kind of reminds me of, um, like, the people out there who say, like, oh, if I had as much time to train as you do, I would go to the CrossFit Games. Or, like, I would be a high-level athlete, too. And it's, like, it's a kind of a slap in the face as, like, to the amount of dedication that it actually takes to be like to be good at something it's not just having the time like um plenty of people have the time to train you know four or five hours a day but are they actually going to do it are Mm -hmm. they going to show up every day and do it are they going to eat the way they should Mm -hmm. um like i've always kind of hated that that argument because i feel like it sort of discredits the effort or discredits the dedication to the goal and i think people have their ideals and their beliefs about food so like you might see like alex came in eating a rice crispy square today and someone might see that and be like she just eats whatever she wants and like and she can stay fit not knowing that like sugar post-workout or whenever actually is like beneficial mm-hmm. to your to your performance and has like an ergogenic effect yeah. on your performance and they don't they don't know that or they don't believe that um so then they just default on like, oh, she's just eating whatever she she's wants. She's just a freak. Yep. Yeah. Which she is. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. The reason I asked that question is because like I've had some people who say like, oh, you can just eat whatever you want. Like your metabolism must be so high. Or, um, and then I also saw the other day on Instagram someone who's who not doesn't necessarily look as as lean as maybe they want to. They're like, yeah, like I can't I can't eat whatever my friends eat and look like them. And that's like, you know, you know, some people just have six packs and they just get to eat what they want. And I'm just not one of those people. It's like most people with six packs don't eat whatever they want. Like it just doesn't work like that. And like, yeah, it discredits you. Um, and then I have some people who you go out for dinner with them and they're like, are you, can you eat here? Like, what are you going to order? Like, what do you even eat? It's Mm -hmm. like, um, food. I don't know. I'm going to order French fries. You just get like a big spectrum of people Mm -hmm. like assuming different things about your diet when really you're just eating pretty much normal food. And then the odd time you splurge. And if they think that that's, you know, eating whatever you want, whenever you want, it's not the case. Yeah. It's like literally a snapshot in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I have another question. We haven't talked about this much, but, um, figured this would be a good time. Social media. And like, what do you, th- do, when you post things, do you ever feel like there's like, I, I have like social media insecurity. It's like, I post stuff and I'm like, do people care? Like, what do I look like in this? Like, what do people perceive? 
you know, do I, am I coming off cocky? There's so many things that go through my head. Do you, like, is that, do you think that's pretty common? Does that happen to you? Yeah, definitely, definitely happens to me. And I think, uh, yeah, I have a, a lot of thoughts about social media and sometimes it just gets so exhausting because I, I tend to try to come at it as like a, I'm just sharing my personal experiences, but then also trying to like provide value by having like facts in there. And then I'm like, does this come off as like luxury and like, do yeah, do I seem like conceited? Like I'm saying like, I do this, so you should all also do this. <laughs> like that's not how I'm trying to come off. But then if, and then I'm like, but if I just make a post, that's just like straight facts. Like then it's like, does that even work with my page? Like, it's just like... <laughs> Does it go over well? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely not the only one. Well, there's like, social media is such a crapshoot right now because it doesn't matter what you say or do, like someone's going to have a problem yeah. with it. It's yeah. like, well, you should have said it this way or you should have said it that way. Like, we've had people come on our page and like, granted, we do, like, we take a certain tone with a lot of our social media because it's just kind of like what we're known for and it's edgy and it gets attention um but it's like factual yeah but people will come on there and they're like yeah you know but like the reality is most people are in the middle yeah i'm like (laughs) i know that like like everyone reading this knows that and if you're like if you're familiar with us you know that like we really do preach like middle of the road but as soon as we don't qualify it or say it in a post like some other nutrition company is going to come on there and be like, you know, the way that we coach clients is like balance. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like delete. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go post that on your own page. Yeah. It's like yeah. my, our, our tactic Instagram page, I would much prefer to post on that because I can just like find some articles or, and then just post about the newest science or like something mm-hmm. about a, a supplement or something about like using motivation. But then I'm like, oh, I got to post on my personal page and I'm like, like I'm stuck I'm like all right I can post about like me and Meredith and I'm like well no one cares and then I have well maybe I should post about a workout it's like well I I look fat in that photo like it's like and then I post it and it's like delete yeah (laughs) you know like after thinking of a caption for like 30 minutes like why am I like this why do I care I can't tell you how many times Alex has put up a social media post on a personal page and been like it's just not getting that many likes and then like deletes it like (laughs) Just leave it alone. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if it gets that many likes. It's like, it but really, like, on the other end, and I know this, but it's like I can't rationalize in my head. I'm like, when I scroll through people's stuff, like, I don't even read. I don't barely even look at their photo. I don't care. So why do I think people are analyzing my, my stuff? You just, like, scroll past people. I'm like, look, like, you should like Lindsay's post. <laughs> like, you just scroll I'm right not past a liker. Her. You have to remind myself to like things. Yeah. I don't know what I did to my Instagram, but now my feed is just meme pages. Like, I never even, <laughs> I don't even see my friends' posts. Like, I'm like, I don't know what happened, but that's all it is. So. It's amazing. <laughs> like, whatever's going on with this algorithm, please yeah. stop. <laughs> please fix it. But. Yeah, I miss the good old days, but where it was like the feed was chronological. So yeah. you don't have to like, yeah, yeah and social that. media has just changed everything, I think. But, oh, well. Um, So you're obviously, like, competitive and you want to compete. So what are your, like, short-term goals, short-term and long-term goals with competing in the sport? Um, So I've kind of, what I've kind of said since the beginning is that I'll give myself until I'm 35 to just, like, go after it and try to get, like, like really commit to it and try to get as far as I can get uh, within the sport. Um, and then reevaluate at 35. Like, I don't really see myself quitting at that time, just like maybe prioritizing other things. 
Um, so now it would be, obviously when I started, the goal was regionals and like a part of me still wishes they would bring regionals back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now it's like qualify for sanctionals. Um, I have my qualification spot for Can West next year. Um, but I'd definitely like to do some other ones. Like I've done Can West now four times, I think. Um, well, three times. This will be my fourth time. Um, so I would really like to branch out and like maybe go down to the States and, and compete and stuff. So I'll do the Open this year. Um, and yeah, just see how, see how far I can get, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's a good timeline. Yeah. Um, the good thing about the season, the way it is now... Like, I think it does offer more opportunity for competition. Like, it's nice that you're not, like, locked into that one schedule. I mean, personally, like, I really miss regionals, too, because yeah. I'm, like, I just like that. I like that it's, like, hey, you do the Open, and then you qualify for your region, and then you qualify for the games. Yeah. Like, I like that. I think it's very clean, and it's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, on the flip side, you know, sanctionals, you know, maybe they develop that, and maybe it gets better. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where like some sort of regional event comes back and then sanctions, like sanction events also exist. Like, I don't know. There's all kinds of theories floating around on the internet. So mm-hmm. funny story about Lindsay last year in the open. Did you, you broke her ankle like in the middle. I broke it after 20.4. Okay. So you had one more to do. Yeah. It was the wall ball muscle up and rowing, and rowing workout. And I was like, and, like, you were trying to qualify a team for a sanctional? Yeah, for West Coast Classic. So you were, you did have some, like... Motivation. Yeah, motivation. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Lindsay's out. And, like, she couldn't even... She wasn't even walking. Like, she had a boot on. She wasn't walking. And, and then I looked at her... Like, I always check other people's scores. And, like, you look at um, certain regions and rankings. I'm like, Lindsay Martin has a score? <laughs> and, like, I guess she... Like, not just, like, a week after break, freshly break breaking her ankle with like strict instructions from the doctor I'm sure to not weight bear did the workout like took and I was like well she did it she must have done it with a cast like how did she row and you're like no I took the cast off and I just did it wall balls rowing jumping up and down on muscle ups like so that gives you a sense I had to go to a different gym so that my coach wouldn't know that I I did it except he still knew yeah he found out he was like wait I what? I was like, so Mike, I did the workout. And he was, he like laughed. And I was like, no, like I, I did it. And I was like, do you want to know what I got? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> but he then like, I told him he just walked away. Like he yeah. was just like over it. He like can't mentally process yeah. it. He's like, I just have to yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah. So it's been like, you've been hurt a couple of times this year. So yeah. there was the, the ankle, which happened. You did that on a rope. Yeah, coming down from a rope climb. What I, were you, what was the main lesson learned there? Um, I don't I don't know if I learned a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> don't climb ropes that have like tails that yeah, dangle that, to the floor. Yeah, exactly. But they might cut them now, so yeah, it's safer now. I like how okay, I like how I've definitely kind of rolled my ankles on those ropes before. I've seen other people do it, but somehow it took you breaking your ankle for him to finally cut the ropes. Mm-hmm. So he must really like you. Yeah, maybe he likes me a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that hurt. I did that back in like 2014 or 2015, and that is a real like bitch of an injury. And I didn't break just, mine, but. It was such a like freak accident. Like I landed on the rope and kind of rolled my ankle like I'm sure many times before. Yeah. And it was just like 
enough to just yeah really mess it up so yeah I feel like, like all the crossfitters have done that once and they're like whew, yeah close yeah. one <laughs> i could have done some damage there yeah. <laughs> but it's like then you actually do it and you're so mad because it's like it's so avoidable yeah no 100 yeah and i had like i was only doing that workout because my that was the day you and i went head to head on that um it was like muscle ups chest to bar snatches or something oh yeah and i had to stop because my back hurt so we switched the workouts the only reason i was even doing that workout was because my back hurt and then like looking back that's like i wish i had just done the initial workout yeah <laughs> just like hung in there yeah <laughs> um and then uh so you had that how long did that take to like fully recover well i managed to do the can west qualifiers because they moved them to january like right. after i got hurt yeah. and so i managed to be good enough to do everything like a week before the qualifier started and then like obviously wasn't at my like peak fitness for the qualifiers but managed I don't remember what like position I ended up in but managed yeah. to qualify so took yeah that amount of time <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then you you broke your pinky yeah 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 you tripped over it uh pretty much <laughs> <laughs> I was uh handstand walking uh over plates and I just came off of it like I normally would come off and my pinky must have like just hit the ground like before the rest of my hand or something anyways dislocated it yeah yeah chipped the, the joint a little bit but it's good to go now oh, yeah you can like bend it now yeah. that's better so than it was like two weeks ago yeah physio pinky physio is <laughs> probably the most boring thing I've ever participated in but you're like the second person yeah. I know who's doing hand physio right now yeah and it's like people you get so excited over like yeah like today i squeezed putty yeah <laughs> it's like it really just takes something small like that for you to appreciate like the little things and like being able to train when you're fully healthy because mm -hmm. when you're not it's like yeah you just you get you're like i picked up a grain of rice yeah, it was, and it was amazing it was great and i didn't think it would affect so many things like it happened and then i was like okay like i guess muscle ups will feel a little bit weird for a while but like, yeah no like i could not like you cannot hang from the rings not the bar so it was yeah it affected a lot more than i thought it would yeah but. so we're doing uh we're doing a competition this weekend mm -hmm. the three of us it's, uh opts outside the box which is usually it's a good one so like events show up like there'll be like a strength event and a skill event and like power speed jumping i don't know mm -hmm. some sort of crossfit thing is there like something that you like, and the events aren't released. So is there something that you really want to show up and then something that you really don't want to show up? Um, I obviously like the endurance stuff. So Alex and I have <laughs> you battling have a it data out. at Worthy Hill. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I love, I love running. So I love like that I get to run in CrossFit versus like just running. You know, it seemed like I couldn't, do it and I did love running so much but I just couldn't do it that much without ending up with these injuries and maybe now like if I had a, a different coach or something or I'm like smarter myself I could just run anyways I love CrossFit so I like the endurance stuff so any of the like running stuff um as far as what I'm I don't want to show up, but I know is showing up. Is that Elsa on hold, on place? <laughs> you and Alex also have that. Yeah, I was, like, I was gonna ask. <laughs> better, better Elsa than sit ups. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, not for me. Elsa is gonna. He's gonna do like Elsa plus toast bar. That's the workout. You think? Probably. 
I don't know. He likes doing annoying stuff like know. that. Yeah. It's just like so frustrating. It's just like because you're, you're like it's, it's like no matter how hard you try, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you just shake more and probably fail hits sooner. The ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm dreading that one, and then just from like a well i know there's not going to be a, a max snatch which is just like not that i don't like snatching it's just good for me because my snatch is definitely a little bit lower than the rest of the competitive field so yeah that's bad news that. for me because i can basically snatch my queen and jerk really <laughs> it's wow. not that close anymore but <laughs> i've always been like if i had to pick one definitely like disproportionately good at snatching wow. and i just tend to bitch out on clean and jerk so <laughs> it's all right what are yeah. you guys looking forward to uh i don't know i'm like kind of looking forward to the whole experience yeah. but i feel like he always comes up with really good skill tests mm -hmm. and then i really like jumping although because there's always like a jump it's like a max height hurdle jump or um we did like long jump into a sand pit a couple years ago yeah. um so i'm looking forward to that i like jumping a lot but uh yeah, I don't know. I, I find this is like one of the hardest competitions. So I'm like, I'd be lying if I said like, I'm really looking forward to it, <laughs> the experience of it, but I think it'd be good to get out there, hang out with our friends. Mm -hmm. What about you, Alex? I don't know. Um, I would say like the lifting portions are always interesting because he never has like a max lift. Like one year he had um, as heavy as possible one round of DT. But you had to complete it in like under 90 seconds, I think. I think it was, was it and 90? It had to be unbroken. So yeah. you had to do it all unbroken. And then it was the max, like you had like six or eight minutes, I think, to establish like a heavy DT. And that was brutal. Because it like came down yeah. to like the last couple shouldered overhead. It was like you and you versus Jordan that year. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think it was like you did one and you had time for one more. And like you had to add like five pounds. So you basically max out and then have to like max out again. Oh. Yeah. That was bad. That was so, so sketchy. Like, and then one year he had, it was like a ladder of deadlifts. So you had to do like a weight. It was like one deadlift, then two, like two, like two touch and go, and then three touch and go. So it was like three sets, but you all had to, you had to do it all at the same weight. Okay. So by the end, again, you're just like back breaking, <laughs> like your sixth deadlift. But I don't know. He always comes up with really gross stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess by the time this is released... We might know the results of the event. We'll see. Who do you think's going to win? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you never know with those events. You just never know. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, cool. So I think we're just going to do, we're going to wrap up with like some rapid fire questions. Okay. Do you remember what they were? <laughs> I, I have one of them. In okay. My well, you go first. Then. Okay. What is your favorite kind of ice cream? And this isn't just flavor. I'm talking like soft serve. Like you have to be specific here. Okay. It's moose tracks from, uh, I think it's called moose or licks or something in Kelowna, specifically okay. in Kelowna and Wolf Cone. That's very, very specific. Yeah. Alex doesn't like cones. She like, I hate cones. Eat oh ice cream gosh. from a cone. I, I need a cone a is literally the best part. Yeah. At like village, the waffle cone, the best part. Yeah. Cause it gets kind of like soft. <laughs> yeah. You know, those cones you used to get as like kids, they were like small. Like the little, like. And it was like a tube and then it like opened up to, to have like a little table for the ice cream. Yeah hated those <laughs> was it like the wafer cones are really light and like yeah flaky? basically they weighed like one gram it was like i'm 90 percent sure kind of, this is styrofoam. They were like very hollow yes styrofoam cones mm -hmm. like this is plastic is yeah. this even edible 
anyway. I don't know. Anyways, not those cones, waffle cones. Yeah, like homemade yeah. waffles. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question, pancake or waffles? You know, I've tried to think about this lately. I don't know who posted about this, but I, I'm a big fan of both, but I'll go waffle. Okay. Yeah. What do you put on your waffle? Peanut butter always. Mm, yeah. What about maple syrup? Yeah, I will dabble okay. in maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to me. Yep. Um, what's your favorite like treat food? Mm. Um, not rapid. I love <laughs> like Boston pizza, and that's like one of those things that you just can't fit into your macros, no matter how hard you try. So like the jambalaya or like the um cactus cut potatoes oh yeah i freaking love those <laughs> pierogi pizza all of that i didn't know a pierogi pizza no. was a thing yeah no <laughs> if you ever aren't tracking one day you should try it okay because <laughs> you don't want to track it noted <laughs> um okay you're kind of a like a car person i yeah. think like me mm-hmm. um so what is your dream vehicle I like to stick with the Mustang, so I have an old one, so probably, like, but I could go, like, really, I could go, like, forward to, like, a 2020, or I could go backwards to, like, my dad has a 68 Mustang, and that's probably, I'd probably go there. Yeah, I'd probably go with, like, the old, the 1968. I've always been really into cars, and then um, I really, really like the 67 that we drive. (laughs) The like the well, I'll get to you in a second. Um, the '67 uh, Shelby GT500 nice Mustang, the one that's in Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had posters of that car. I drew like pictures of that car. It used to be my computer background. Um, it's prop. That's for sure. Like my that's dream car, dream. but they're like extraordinarily expensive. Yep. If you can find a. Like, they make kits now, I guess. You can buy the GT350 kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but kit cars are always... It's kit. But, it's not the original. Yeah, if you find an original... Even, like, a junkyard. I don't even know if you could find one, but they're, like... If you find, one, like, a junky one, it's still $100,000. Yeah, that's Crazy. what my dad did, is he, he rebuilt this 68, and he sold it, like, at, at the time. He told my mom that he, he would get it, and he would fix it up, and then I could have it when I was 16. Yeah. And then that did not happen. He's like, never yeah, I've mind. never even been allowed to drive it. <laughs> That's like I, my dream side gig is to have like a car, like a car restoration, like flipping yeah. side gig. But I don't, I don't know enough about like metal work or any, like any of the actual, I couldn't do any of the actual like work myself. So I don't know that that would be a good side gig. Good side business. But, It'd be a lot of high learning curve. Yeah. I would like, join you. I'm the same though. Yeah. I like appreciate a good car. Yes. And I can talk about some of the specs about them. But yeah, we would have really, good conversations. Yeah, that's really worth it. So, Alex, um, <laughs> before we get off this topic, what is your what is your dream Black. car? Black. <laughs> Black's an interesting choice in Calgary. It really shows the salt off in yeah. the wintertime. It's, it's a good choice. Yeah, Alex is uh, remarkably inept at, at vehicle car maintenance, anything didn't know how to pop her own hood for a while. Uh, what else? I mean, I take it to the maintenance shop when I need to. The mechanic? The mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting better. I'm a good driver, so it doesn't need to go very often. Yeah. Uh, this car won't die. I feel like as soon as you like 
you start thinking of like, okay, we're going to get a new car when this one is done. It just, it's just on. like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. We drive. I don't even know what year it is. It's a 2006, 2006 red Ford Ranger. And it's awesome. <laughs> and it gets us from point A to point B always, except for the one time when the wheel came <laughs> <Yeah>. off, <laughs> but that wasn't the car's fault. The truck's fault. Anyways, it's great. And Meredith hates it. I don't Apparently hate it. Apparently the suspension it, is bad, but I mean, I don't notice. It needs new, it needs, it has no suspension. It's like. And it's a little inconvenient when you need to like bring a bunch of stuff and it's raining out. There's no space in the cab. Yeah. It's a pain. One day. I'm going to put a Great Dane in my Mustang. So. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I can't wait. To yeah. Because yeah. the back seats in that car. It has back seats. They're very, very small. Yeah. And, like, there's no room. I remember one time we rented, okay, I like Mustangs, but we, I rented one to drive to DC for like a concert. I went with my sister. Yeah. And uh, so they're, they're rear wheel, wheel drive, which is fine, but it was, it was like a torrential downpour and the front end is like a mile long mm-hmm. and this, it kept hydroplaning. Oh, and, but no. like when you hydroplane in a rear wheel, wheel drive car, it's like the scariest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die in a rental Mustang. <laughs> this is how it's going to happen. <laughs> that and it's got an enormous blind spot. Yeah. Which so, you probably know. Yeah. I've gotten in a little, little accident because I, <laughs> when I first had that car, I just went to switch lanes and I did not, I didn't see the guy. Like I did check and, yeah. and he like ran right yeah. into me. So it, we weren't going fast and then fixed the car up, but you're like, sorry, yeah. I didn't see your full-size truck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see your semi-truck. Yeah. Yeah, so. uh, that's how it goes. Yeah. You got anything else? This has been pretty good. Um, so if people wanted to follow you on Instagram, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's Lynn's Martin, so L-Y-N-S, and then Martin with an I. Pretty easy. Yep. It's like your name. Super simple. It's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> You'll post those uh, sort of personal, anecdotal, but factual, but hopefully not luxury <laughs> posts. Yeah. So if you're into that, <laughs> follow me. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get coached by Lindsay specifically, we won't be offended because we know how great she is. Just when you sign up, put in the intake form. I want to be coached by Lindsay. Yeah. And we'll pass you right on to her. We basically send along the ones that say anyone but Alex. Right. Yeah, right. So, um, which we get a few of those. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, it's been good. And we'll probably, we'll do some more of these on more specific topics. But um, thanks for sharing a bit of your story. And I know people will love to hear it. And uh, we will talk more about Mustangs offline. Okay. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks.